Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is uh, pretty well all of them, so maybe seated, for this Transfiguration Sunday. Not Transformer Sunday. Sorry, kids. It's a different thing. In the name of Jesus, no dilly-dallying, Transfiguration Sunday. You know, that day when Jesus goes full-blast glory mode, Jimmy, Petey, Johnny, front-row seats to... Quite the divine laser light show. Way better than anything you'll find in Frankenmuth. Sorry, Frankenmuth, but somebody tops you. There you go. Namely, Jesus. Well, there's one aspect of the transfiguration. I preached this text now several times. One aspect I've never really tackled is Jesus the King reigning and ruling over everything, everywhere, all at once. Not uh, really a teaching that was popular when Petey puts pen to paper. There were some at the time of Petey's letters that argued that King Jesus and his coming again, his return, all made up by Christian preachers to manipulate the hearers. Yeah, come soon, Lord Jesus, was seen by some as a human invention, a fabrication. There were those who heard the stories of Jesus, and they lumped those stories in with the stories of the gods, myths made up by men, the calming of storms, myth, casting out demons, myth, the coming again on the last day, myth. Now, in typical Petey fashion, uh, Petey ain't silent. Yeah, right? He's the one that likes to uh, fire before he aims. Uh, he defends the return of the king right here in our text, in his second letter. 2 Peter 1.16 For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Pastor Petey says he's no hack preaching that Jesus is coming back. Oh yeah. I mean, Petey, Jimmy, Johnny... They saw this king in full-blast glory mode on top of Mount Transfiguration. More on that a bit later. In the ancient world, dear friends, religious leaders, they were kind of known for taking these stories of the gods and using those stories to straight-jacket citizens, you know, Fill the masses with fear, telling them that the gods are going to punish them, pummel them, if they don't do X, Y, Z. So, I mean, it's, it's possible that the enemies of the church at this time, they hear Petey and the Pals, and they think Petey and the Pals are using the return of the king, the second coming of Christ, to manipulate men, to control Christians. I mean, you can kind of see how come soon Lord Jesus could be used as this, you know, club. This club 
to coerce Christians into a certain kind of behavior. The king is coming back to town. You better watch out. You better not pout. Dress this way. Eat this way. Live this way. Or else you're going to miss the king on the last day. The king is coming back, so you better not slack. Or else you're going to get that biggest loser in hell plaque. Now, for us, manipulation isn't really the big issue here, okay? But we do have other concerns. We can have other concerns when it comes to come soon, Lord Jesus. A look at daily events in creation can lead some to reach the conclusion that come soon, Lord Jesus, at the end of the sermon is good enough reason for inaction. Now, it's really quite easy for us to see Psalm chapter 2 play out before our very eyes. It's a a royal psalm. It's a psalm that's all about King Jesus. Psalm 2, verses 2 and 3. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying... Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Now, the picture here is that of a people making plans to muzzle the Messiah, conniving to cut the cords from the Christ, scheming to sink the rightful world's king, We pray, come soon, Lord Jesus, and it looks like those are the guys that are winning. We're outnumbered. The folks that reject God's word, that want nothing to do with King Jesus, are plenty, and they are powerful. From all appearances, they are the ones in control, the ones running the show. They command most of the world's armies. They are the ones giving us the news on Fox, MSNBC, CNN, NPR. They preside over governments. They rule the marketplace. They run school systems. They are the ones calling the shots with all the advancements in technology and whatnot. They even have a foothold in the church with with wolves in sheep's clothing. Come soon, Lord Jesus, can seem pretty empty. Now, have you ever thought to yourself, oh, are those just words that pastor says at the end of the sermon to make us feel better? Words that, you know, pastor says and tells, wake up, the sermon's over! Is King Jesus really coming back? Doesn't look like it, I mean. It appears that King Jesus is catching some Z's, snoring, snoozing on the job. I mean, look at the world, it's a mess. It's one ginormous dumpster fire. What can I do? Seriously. 
The problems on this planet are just too heavy, too many. What difference can this little guy actually make? I'm just, you know, I think, I think it's just time for me to take a back seat here. If Jesus is coming back, well, I'll let him clean up the mess. Dear friends, come soon, Lord Jesus, is no manipulation or enough reason for inaction, but rather the transfiguration is divine confirmation that King Jesus' coronation has already occurred and will be seen by everyone at the last day consummation. That's right, folks. The king will come when morning dawns. The dawning that will occur in the resurrection. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall confess. Jesus is K-I-N-G, king. Jesus is king. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you see play out in the news, in current events, Jesus is king and will continue to be king, as Psalm chapter 2 says, verses 4 through 6. He who sits in the heavens laughs. We've got to lighten up a little bit, folks. The king's laughing at some of the stuff that's going on. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Petey, Jimmy, and Johnny see King Jesus with their own eyeballs on top of Mount Transfiguration. Yeah, the Transfiguration isn't some make-believe story, for it's backed up with eye and ear witness testimony. Making it crystal clear. That the church's confession, the church's proclamation, Jesus is king, trustworthy. No myth peddled by Petey impales. Mm-mm, not by a long shot. Petey spells that out plainly in our text. 2 Peter 1, 17 and 18. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. Notice the use of we here, W-E, we. No private vision. On top of of Mount Transfiguration, Petey, Jimmy, Johnny, see Jesus shine with divine royalty, and they hear the Father say, This is my beloved Son. I'm pleased with him already. Yeah, the Transfiguration occurred in real time, real space. It's a fact, Jack. Behold, the Psalm 2 King, glowing with the glory of God, because Jesus is, G-O-D, God. No surprise, Petey blurts out, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here." And then he follows it up with, oh, "'Jesus, can, can, can we have a camping trip up here, like, forever? <laughs> yeah, can we just camp out on top of Mount Transfiguration today, tomorrow, forevermore?' Can you blame them? 
Can you blame them? Why go down Mount Transfiguration into all the messed upness, mayhem, misery of mankind when you can just stay way up there, breathing and taking in that fresh Mount Transfiguration air? Well, Jesus nixes uh, Petey's camping idea. Now, now, don't cancel Jesus because you think that he's anti-camping, anti okay? I know we have a lot of campers here. Remember, uh, the Lord spent how many years camping with the Israelites? Okay, yeah. Don't worry, he's, he's okay with camping. The problem is, though, he can't stay up on Mount Transfiguration because that's not where Jesus is going to be made king. Now, the process of king-making has already started, folks, and that began when Jesus did a cannonball in the waters of the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus. That started the king-making process. There are still two more boxes, though, that need to be checked off. The crowning box and the enthronement box. Those boxes will not be checked off on top of Mount Transfiguration, but they will be checked off on a mountain, right? Just not this one. And so, once the curtains close on this divine laser light show, and uh, Petey, Jimmy, and Johnny can take off their Ray-Ban glasses, Jesus touches them, and he says, Boys, chop-chop, time for our descent. Verses 6 and 7 of the Gospel reading. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Jesus touches them. I never caught that until this week. Jesus touches them. No small detail. Jesus doesn't come to overwhelm them with his majesty. He comes to touch them and touch you and touch me with his love. With his love. And so Jesus reaches out and he touches their shoulders and he says, Rise and have no fear. Where does Jesus lead them? He takes them down, down, down Mount Transfiguration into all the darkness that can fill us with fear. Fear of disappointing and displeasing our God and one another. Fear of violence and bloodshed. Fear of bombs and bullets. Fear of trials and tribulations. Fear of not having enough and or being enough. Fear of failure. Fear of regret. Fear of messing everything up. Fear of broken and busted relationships. Fear of this nation's leadership and the direction the nation is going. Fear of upcoming tests, medical treatments, procedures. Fear of sickness and suffering. Fear of the unknown, the unexpected. Fear of the future. Fear of death and dying. Fear of the grave. Fear of hell itself. Whatever makes you afraid, whatever makes me afraid, 
Jesus piles sky high on his shoulders, and he carries all of that, all that makes us afraid. Up, 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 mount, 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 Calvary. And there he is crowned with thorns. There he is enthroned on a cross. Behold your king. No king like him in the cosmos, the universe, the world. Instead of being served, he serves. Instead of demanding his rights, which so many people do these days, he, he sets aside his rights. Instead of commanding his followers to shed blood, he sheds his own blood. Instead of punishing us and pummeling us for our sins, he is punished and pummeled for our sins instead of sentencing us to D.I.E. die. Jesus takes the eternal death, death sentence, for you, for me, for everybody. He dies. He's buried six feet under. Six feet under. But King Jesus doesn't stay dead, does he? A dead king isn't a king at all. A dead king is no help to you and to me. And so what I'm about to say, I got to say it, I can't help but say it. Because in a few moments we're going to bury this. And it's going to be buried until the Easter Vigil, right? So you probably know what, 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 I'm, about, what I'm about to say, right? Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. King Jesus lives. And as the Easter hymn says, He lives to silence all my fears. He lives to wipe away my tears. He lives to calm my troubled heart. He lives all blessings to impart. Yeah, King Jesus, he is the, uh, the fear silencer. After all, he is the king that took upon himself everything that makes us afraid. And he let that silence him on the Friday we call good. But Jesus ain't silent anymore, is he? He lives King Jesus speaks where Pastor Petey tells us in our text, the epistle reading, 2 Peter 1, verses 19 through 21. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you have said, it would be so much easier to believe in Jesus if, you know, I, I walked this earth with Jesus 2,000 years ago, and you know, I saw his miracles, and I was with all the crowds hearing his teachings. Man, I, it'd be so much easier to believe then. Oh, uh, uh, no. Mm -mm. Are, are you picking up what Pastor Petey is putting down here? Did you hear Pastor Petey? Hmm? Petey, Jimmy, Johnny, even though they saw shine, Jesus shine, Mount Transfiguration, 
isn't as sure and certain as uh, the word, the word, the word. Mount Transfiguration, good. The word, better. The very glory that Petey, Jimmy, Johnny saw on Mount Transfiguration shines forth in the word, making us co-heirs of the king in his glory. Alleluia. Today. Right here, right now. Co-heirs with the king in his glory. How amazing is that? From Genesis to Revelation, the King Jesus speaks to us, and through his word, he floods our entire being with his glorious light. The light of his immortality in life, the light no darkness can overcome, the light that warms our hearts, for faith in Jesus and love for the neighbor, love for the people around us. The light that guides our feet, guiding our every step of the way home, guiding us all the way to that glorious day when our prayer is answered, Come soon, Lord Jesus. That's right, the king is coming back, folks. I'm not talking about Elvis, okay? <laughs> King Jesus, when he comes back, all of our enemies, sin and death, the devil, the grave, all of our enemies will be made an ottoman for King Jesus, put under his feet. This doesn't mean, though, that we can put up our feet, kick back, and relax. Dear friends, my fellow GLCers, we have beautiful work to do with gusto. Enjoy. You heard the Father. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Through the sprinkled word, through the spoken word, through the swallowed word, King Jesus reaches out to you and to me, touching our shoulders. And He says, Rise! Rise and have no fear. Dear friends, let's pay attention to the word daily so that we see with clarity that King Jesus sits on his throne already. And rise and serve him with joy in his kingdom that's coming aback in full blast glory. See, the glory that King Jesus will fill all and be in all has already begun to dawn on this world through us all. It's not really that impressive, often imperceptible. It's hidden. It's a hidden glory. A glory that is hidden in the ordinary stuff of life. The ordinary acts of love and kindness and mercy. Caring for an aging parent. Sending a card to a sick member. Making a meal for a family. Teaching the kiddos about Jesus and his love for them. Praying for the people in your life. I mean, we're not going to get any Oscars for that stuff, right? And we really don't care. <laughs> we don't give a hoot, do we? Because we already have gifted to us an inheritance. 
An inheritance that no thief can break in and steal, no moth can destroy, no rust can eat away. An inheritance that is for you and for me. An inheritance. That supersedes all of the riches, all of the money, all of the diamonds, all of the stuff in this world. So listen to him. Jesus says, rise and have no fear. Rise and have no fear, for the Father's face beams brightly on you. He's pleased with you, tickled pink with you. He loves you, adores you. Rise and have no fear, for my throne is over all and for all and can never fall. Rise and have no fear, for I am reigning and ruling in every nook and cranny of creation, bringing my plans and my purposes to fruition. Rise and have no fear. My plans and my purposes are bigger and better than the LCMS than NPR, than the US of A, than the NRA, than the UAW. Rise and have no fear, for you have love to share right where you're at. Love that is inexhaustible, love that is unconditional, love that is not a waste at all. Rise and have no fear. For not a hair on your head shall perish. Rise and have no fear. For my transfiguration day is a sneak peek of your resurrection day. You will twinkle, twinkle like the stars. Rise and have no fear. For I'm coming back to make everything brand spanking new. Rise and have no fear. For your prayer will be answered. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. We stand for the